0: This is the John Oakley Show podcast. On a great afternoon for talk radio, welcome back. It's hour two. Danny Longo just delivering the news. I uh, my ears perked up when he was saying that Christian Freeland, I guess, suggesting that you know, malign foreign influences could be trying to uh, sway our election. I mean, didn't they do that the last time? Tides Foundation, uh, Rockefeller Group, uh, Sierra Club. Everybody talks about the Russians. What about these other people who, uh, you know, have forestalled the development of a pipeline? They don't get any ink. Why is that? I find that peculiar. When it comes to foreign interference, you know, you might even make the argument that SNC-Lavalin was doing as much offshore. Uh, Libya, one case example, that's obviously uh, continued to fester over the last two months or so. And uh, we'll ask our friend Conrad Black at the bottom of the hour because he has a different perspective on how this should have played out. And in particular, how Jody Wilson-Raybould is perceived. It's kind of an interesting discussion. And as I say, we'll pick it up with Conrad. is a regular on Friday afternoons at the bottom of hour two. However, right now, when it comes to the issue of Jody Wilson-Raybould and Jane Philpott, wither their futures. And uh, I thought we'd get Tristan Hopper in here from the National Post. He's an esteemed journalist, and uh, he's got an interesting perspective or two. Tristan, good to have you on The Oakley Show. Good afternoon.
1: Thanks for having me. Good
0: afternoon. All right. Uh, so Jody Wilson-Raybould and, uh, well, we know their, their story. They've been turfed uh, because a house divided cannot stand or something Lincolnian, I think, that Justin right. Trudeau said. Uh, but for them to cross the floor and join another party, how realistic or practical would that be?
1: Extremely impractical. So I did look into this. So I wrote a whole uh, story looking into this because, uh, I mean, right now they are essentially the two most popular politicians in Canada. I mean, this whole country, we have. Jody Wilson-Raybould, and Jane Philpott-Sever. So in normal circumstances, yes, the party would be looking, well, how can we get them into our ranks as soon as possible and raise our own uh, credentials? But um, they're not going to join the NDP because the NDP actually has a no floor-crossing measure. Uh, They actually don't accept floor-crossers. And then when it comes to the conservatives... Um, when I was calling senior members of the Conservatives, they, which they do accept floor crossers, and they did accept one uh, just about eight months ago uh, from the Liberals, uh, but this is kind of a different case. This isn't someone who left the Liberals because of ideological differences and have would have a home within the Conservatives. I mean, these are two women who were forcibly ejected from the Liberal Party, uh, they, and uh, because of uh, because they're standing up on principles, so ideologically they're still aligned with the Liberals. So there is in point number one. That both women are still liberals, they're not particularly conservative. Particularly, Jody Wilson-Raybould. I mean, when she was regional chief of the Assembly of First Nations in B.C., um, she was almost constantly locking horns uh, with the government of Stephen Harper. So it would be really weird to imagine her suddenly joining the conservative ranks. Because if we've learned anything about Jody Wilson-Raybould, it's that she doesn't prioritize career over principle. So even if the conservatives could say, you can be leader, you can do absolutely anything, you can do anything to our platform, she probably wouldn't do it uh, because of that. And there's also the argument from the conservatives that they're more valuable um, as independents than as Tories, because if they become Tories, uh, that turns them into political actors, and they're no longer principled martyrs.
0: Right. They'd be discredited as, I guess, ambitious careerists at that point, right?
1: Yeah, because that's the kind of flimsy argument that the Liberals have been trying to make, because w- the reason Canada loves them so much is it's so rare for us to see a politician who is actually prioritizing principle over their career. It almost never happens. Uh, that all goes out the window if they get some plum deal to join the Tories. So. Um, the argument that we're hearing from the Liberals is like, okay, you may love these women, but actually they're just you know, evil careerists, and they hate Canada, and they hate you, and that's why we have to kick them out of the party. Um, I don't think that's true, but that argument becomes much more believable. Um, if they suddenly become Tories. he could just say, well, they've secretly been Tories this whole time, and that's they were just trying to destroy me uh, for partisan reasons.
0: Yeah, kind of fifth columnists or whatever it is uh, that they are, that they're uh, subversive in nature. But they've got this reservoir of principle now that they've established a cachet, you know, that uh, reputational cachet. So, in other words, uh, I mean, you know, sitting as independents, I like that, because, and this is predicated on the fact they would have to win in their writings as independents Uh Because they're going to be contesting, I guess, liberals who will be announced to run against them and conservatives. But both ridings seem to be fairly safe liberal ridings that they come from, no?
1: No, they're actually, uh, both of them, they took the ridings from conservatives in both cases, Andrew Randall. Uh, was, was a conservative riding, and then uh, uh, Gene she he actually beat Paul Calandra. So both of them, they were close, but I think given their personal popularity, I don't think it's unreasonable to think that both of them uh, could win uh, these particular ridings. So I think uh, the people who like them as MPs, particularly in Vancouver-Granville, you don't get the same kind of um, insane liberal partisanship out in uh, BC that you get in Toronto and Montreal and places like that. All these maniacs were emailing me whenever I mentioned the words, uh, Jane Philpott. So I think particularly with someone like Jody Wilson-Raybould, she has a lot of uh, regional cachet. I mean, she's essentially a hero, whatever happens, there's going to be something named after her. Um, So I, I think it's, uh, it, it's very reasonable that she could win as an independent, and I think increasingly so uh, for Jane Pilfart. And what you could see, because they're loved by the NDP, by the conservatives, by the Green Party, everybody who isn't an insane cross at the mouth liberal partisan loves these women. Um, so what they could do is not run candidates in those ridings. I've heard this raised, or run weak candidates uh, to sort of make sure that they're in, in the House uh, next government.
0: Wow, uh, that's an interesting prospect. So they sit in the House as a stark reminder to uh, what used to be, but as independents, I mean, how does that work for the liberals?
1: Uh, <clears throat> uh, they, they, they're just still independent. So the reason you would want that, I mean, from purely cynical partisan reasons, uh, you want them to be in the House of Commons forever. You just want this constant reminder uh, that there's these two immensely. In, in and remember, these aren't just some random liberal backbenchers. I mean, these were... Most qualified people uh, in Trudeau's cabinet, uh, which he is now deciding are garbage and useless to him uh, because they wouldn't follow the party line. So these aren't just dissident liberals. These are in- immensely qualified women um, who said the wrong thing in Trudeau's eyes and now they have to be thrown out. So there's just so many layers as to why it was a bad move uh, to put them on his bad side. So, yeah, if you're another party, you want to keep them in the House of Commons at all costs, keep them in the media keep their voices heard forever.
0: Really? But how would that work again? Because, you know, if they're exiled as independents and sitting over in the corner, uh, it's almost like, you know, how the Ayatollah in exile from Paris uh, became problematic for the Shah of Iran. Or is that the wrong analogy?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, I mean, I'm always up for some Ayatollah uh, (laughs) analogies, but uh, yeah, I I think anybody who's looking at this would say, yeah, obviously you'd want to keep them in the party fold uh, rather than send them out as independents, where um, you have no control over them whatsoever. I mean, because they're still there. Um, they still, and I mean, the statements both of them released upon exiting the Liberal Party was they said, "Well, we still love liberal principles. We still love the Liberal platform. We just don't like all this seamy, corrupt stuff that appears to go with it." Um, so, yeah, to to put to kick them out and say they're disloyal when that to any rational Canadian that doesn't appear to be the case, uh, that's really just not resonating. So. Uh yeah, kicking them out. I, I don't think anybody is looking at that and seeing that as a particularly smart move.
0: Again, with Tristan Hopper, National Post journalist on this, uh, the prospects of Jody Wilson-Raybould and Jane Philpott going forward. Uh, it's an interesting discussion coming up at the bottom of the hour. Conrad Black, he'll have more to say on Jody Wilson-Raybould and how she was advancing an indigenous agenda as the attorney general, as an independent. Uh, would she have any sway as far as that's concerned? Because, I mean, you know, it seems like uh, the position is fairly uh severely neutered compared to being the AG justice minister in the uh, reigning government of the day.
1: Uh, yes, obviously, um, being an independent versus being a cabinet minister is uh, a lot less powerful position. Uh, it's sort of, yeah, it's a step up below being in the opposition. And in a majority government, the opposition basically has zero power. So as an independent, you have minus 10 power. So you you have a lot of power to keep the SNC-Lavalin thing going forward. But yeah, they're their personal power. And again, that's why Canadians love them, because both these women gave up immense quantities of power, quantities of power they may never recapture in their lifetimes uh, to stand up on principle.
0: Right. And so in the event that they were actually defeated at the uh, ballot box by whomever a conservative or a, a liberal, interesting that you would say liberals may actually just cede the field to them to run as independents. Uh, how would that be of benefit to the liberals if the liberals actually ran a strong enough candidate in their respective ridings and won. Uh, would that oh, help? It's not, the,
1: it's not a benefit to, to the liberals. Yeah, the liberals want to. Uh, they obviously want to crush them and they want them out of the way as fast as possible. I was saying the other parties could. Right. Um, so you could you could have a, a conservatives running a weak candidate, so, so making it as easy as possible for them uh, to beat just the liberal candidate in their respective ridings and then you know remain in uh, the House of Commons, which I think is feasible.
0: All right. Uh, This is something that's going to be an interesting watch when uh, it comes around to it. But in the interim, they're still in the House and uh, they get asked questions. I don't know if they'll sit on committees or whatever the deal there will be. But uh, it's something, I guess, a stark reminder whenever the prime minister glances to a side, uh, he sees them. It's got to be somewhat disconcerting, wouldn't you think?
1: Yeah, and we're always going to call them. I mean, they're, they're always going to be in the media. I mean, just look at uh, Elizabeth May would have the same amount of power, the leader of the Green Party. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, she, she's just one MP, but we hear from her in a lot of things. And if it's a green issue, we call her first. So. Uh, Yeah, when anything sort of unseemly and liberal comes up, the first media call is going to be to Jane Philpott and Jody Wilson-Raybould, and they'll say, well, you know, it's a shame because they have such a good agenda. Why do the liberals have to keep doing corrupt things like this? So they're going to remain in the public eye for months to come and for Trudeau to think this is all dealt with and he can wipe his hands of the situation. um, He's obviously made it far worse.
0: Yeah, they ain't going away, Uh, but we are right now. So I appreciate you joining us, Tristan, as always. It's a real good uh, romp, and you've got great insights. Thanks for sharing them. Thank you. You got it. Tristan Hopper from the National Post on the matter of Jody Wilson-Raybould and Jane Philpott's future. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.